Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm so excited to be here with you and to also be with Binky. Look at my little bunny, you guys. Look at her right there. <laughs> there she is. Oh my God, she's so cute. Um, all right, so Binky and I are coming to you live today. And today's episode, I'm just going to dive right into this sucker. Today's episode is called Meeting Oprah Winfrey. Now, my guesstimate of time in my recording of this is that uh, this episode is going to come out on Thanksgiving Day. And this is a story that I'm about to tell that involves a lot of gratitude and thanks. So I just wanted to, to I thought, oh my God, I have not told this story yet on the podcast. So this seems like a really good one and a fun one for the holiday week. Um, and I wanted to share it with you. And it's also because on this day, three years ago, on this day, three years ago, uh, is when I actually met Oprah Winfrey. And here's, here's a picture of the two of us together. Oh, it was so great. It was so fantastic. Um, and I did a Facebook Live about this once, which I will be referencing. I have, I have a, a, some notes here that I'm going to reference. And the reason why is, is that these notes and stuff like that were from a Facebook Live that I did about this um, three years ago. Um, and so some of the memories and some of the things I wanted to capture um, were really fresh. Uh, and so I'm going to be looking down at this a couple of times to reference it. And I might actually read a few sections from it because um, I want me from three years ago to share her reaction. Um, and then also me now, <laughs> three years later. Um, so I just want to dive right in. And I'm going to tell you a little bit basically of, of how it happened, how the whole thing went down. Um, what happened during, um, before meeting her, after meeting her during the session, the whole thing. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about people's reaction, um, because this is a piece of it too. So this is going to be a fun episode. So come along for the ride and, uh, I'm actually gonna, where's my phone? Um, I'm actually going to play a little snippet for you guys too, about something that she said, because I thought it was, um, so powerful. So let me just kind of cue that up so that I have it here ready and waiting for you guys. Oprah, Oprah, Oprah. There it is. Okay, cool. So here's the deal. Th this is what happened. <laughs> None of this was planned. It was like magic fell from the sky. But I will say this, it was a dream come true. So I'm pretty sure that Oprah's show um, came out in, I want to say 1986 when I was a senior in high school. And I just thought she was the most fantastic and marvelous and interesting person. I just thought, who is this lady, right? <laughs> like, so she was, I thought you could tell she was smart. She was funny. She had a big heart. She had like, she was generous. And, and I will say this, like Oprah Oprah is many things. And, you know, people often think of her as, as being one of the most powerful people in the world, having some of the most money in the world. Uh, but I think part of what has made her so rich and so wealthy 
is her wealth of generosity, how much she gives back to the world too. And that's going to be part of this story. Uh, so there's going to be a few nuggets throughout this story, because this isn't just like some humble brag story where it's like, oh, I get to like, whatever. There's, there's actually some, some good stuff in here for you guys, if you feel like listening uh, to the whole thing. <laughs> Nobody's holding you hostage. Um, but it's not for me to point out like, Hey, this is what I want you to pay attention to. I really do. Like once in a while, I'll say, I'm going to repeat that. Right. When I'm trying to make a point, but for the most part, as a writer, I try to let my readers have their own experience. And as a speaker, same thing. I want people to allow things to land. Like the things that I share from my heart, hopefully are going to transfer and land into your heart. Um, and then we'll have a good time. Okay. So let me just say this. It was a dream come true. It was a dream come true to meet her. And I had been thinking about it for a really, 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 really long time. And I just want to say what I said about this. Okay. Yeah. So I don't talk about that yet. All right. So here's the deal. Here's what happened. So my beloved friend and writing mentor, Andre Debuse III, if you don't know who Andre is, go and listen to my podcast episode with him. It's fantastic. It was so much fun. He's written a bunch, a bunch of books. Um, Townie is one of my favorites, his memoir. He's also, though, wrote a book called The House of Sand and Fog. And that book became an Oscar-nominated film with Ben Kingsley and I think Jennifer Conley. Um, but it also was an Oprah book club pick. So that's how he and Oprah met. And that's a whole fascinating story. Like that's his story to tell though. And for another time. So he knew who Oprah was. Okay. They knew each other. They had an, they had, you know, he was on the show, the whole thing. So he's, he's my friend. He's my writing mentor. And my sister knows, of course, she's met him before because he has come out to see uh, one of my, you know, sweeties um, shows. My sweetie, my husband is a professional musician. So my sister met him at one of those shows. And um, my sister also knows, um, knew that <clears throat> I often go to hear Andre speak when he has a new book coming out or whatever, he's doing a reading somewhere. And so Andre, um, you know, a few years ago was doing something in Haverhill and my sister lives in Haverhill. And so she reached out to me. So this was in um, November. Okay. November, three years ago. And she said, Hey, do you know that, uh, are you going to Andre's thing in Haverhill in December? Uh, and, and she texted me and it was late at night. I didn't go on my computer. It was like one o'clock in the morning. Cause I'm a night owl. And I went on to see like what event she was talking about. And when I went online, I saw the Haverhill event she was talking about, but I also saw like last minute, like last minute thing. I saw that he was going to be interviewing Oprah. And I was like, oh man, right? And I was so excited. Number one, because it's two of my favorite people, one who I know, one who I only know through a screen, I got to be having this incredible conversation. And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm just like so happy and excited. Now in the past, Andre had, because uh, he's also knows Stephen King and Stephen King on my spiritual team, just like Oprah. I always say Oprah and Stephen King were on my spiritual team before I knew I had a spiritual team, <laughs> but they were already boom on it. Um, but he also knows Stephen King, who's one of my heroes. And uh, I, I even write a whole chapter about Stephen King in my book, my memoir. Um, but so um, Andre had had him come and speak at the university where Andre teaches at the University of uh, Massachusetts in Lowell, okay? So I was like, and I missed that one because I didn't know him then. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I missed that opportunity. And then he also got to sit down with Meryl Streep 
Um, and these lectures and these talks are often fundraisers for the university, okay? So I see he's doing this one with Oprah and I'm like, holy shit. And I was gonna buy a ticket and I reach out to him. I email him right away and I was like, dude, this is amazing. I'm so excited for you. What an event that's gonna be. And I, I'm not sure what the exact communication was. This all happened so fast, you guys. And he wrote back and he said, are you coming? And I said, well, I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna buy a ticket or something like that. So now my sweetie is a professional musician. He was out on tour, he was away. We had seven animals at the time, all right? I had uh, private clients, uh, you know, all this stuff going on. I had a business meeting uh, the day that it was all supposed to happen. So I'm like, I'm gonna do my best. And all of a sudden he says to me, well, we're going to be doing a private little thing with her where it's just going to be like some of the professors at the university, some of the students. Um, and then, you know, I'm inviting, you know, a few people. And he said, if you can get your ass down here, you're in. And I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like I was freaking out in the best way, but in a really happy, joyous way um, to be close Right. So it's one of these things. Right. And, le and let me say this is that um, I had been dreaming of her wanting to meet her, wanting to, you know, as a writer, of course, wanting to like be an Oprah book club picket sometimes to sit on the couch and be interviewed by her. Right. And then over the years, like as her platform was changing and it was like, oh, she doesn't have a show anymore. Well, there goes that part of the dream. And then it's like, oh, Super Soul Sunday. Like, oh, great, I could maybe do that, right? And this, uh, this is me like just holding on to the dream and envisioning it, like holding it in my hat, holding it in my mind and just feeling drawn to her. And, you know, I trust that feeling when, when it's not a fickle feeling, when it's not something that goes away, where it is like a dream that, that, that continues through, like we're talking decades, right? And so some part of me just always thought like, yeah, because I got to meet Stephen King too. That's a whole other story, like in college. So I seem to have, um, you know, I'm not going to say it's even an ability, but it seems to be in my life, like Marianne Williamson, like I really wanted to meet Marianne. And these people that like energetically on some level that I felt pulled or called to, in some way I have call it manifestation, call it the universe conspiring in my favor, call it what magic, call it whatever you want to call it. But I've been able to meet these people. So I've been holding on to this thing. And when I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, before she was just a lady on a screen. Now I get to be in the same room as her in this little intimate setting. It's, I think it was going to be like 100 students or 150 students or something like that. And then, you know, some faculty and whatever. And I was like, oh my God, it was such an honor. It was such an honor to be invited. And I was like, oh, I'm one step closer, right? To being like, you know, wherever I'm going to sit in the room, I don't even know. So I'm like, dude, I'm there, like whatever. I move my meeting. I do what I got to do. I drive down there. And when I got there, I was one of the first people there. Uh, there was a little section for like Andre's family and people because he had invited, of course, his beautiful wife, Fontaine and his children and his mother-in-law, Mary and his sister, Suzanne, who I love. Um, and this family, like his little family in their own way, you know, has kind of like, I always say they've kind of like adopted me a little bit. They've always been so incredibly kind to me. They've invited me to their home. They, you know, they're just like, I just love this family so much. And to be invited as one of the people was pretty incredible. So I just grabbed a seat like right up front. 
So now where I'm sitting waiting for the room to fill up, I can see that the two seats where Andre and Oprah are going to be, I'm like, they're like 10 feet, eight to 10 feet, like away from me. I'm like, this is going to be incredible. So all of a sudden, like Andre comes out the doors, like from in the green room, from like backstage. Uh, and he sees me and he comes over and we shoot the shit a little bit. And I'm like, dude, this is amazing. Like, I'm like, thank, like I'm getting teary. I just be like, thank you so much for inviting me. This is such an honor. I, I appreciate your kindness. And he's like, oh my God. Yeah, no, whatever. And then, you know, everybody starts to fill in. The room starts to fill up. There's a buzz in the air. Like it's palpable. You can feel the energy. It's like fucking Oprah's in the building. Right. So it was pretty cool. Now, so she was going to be doing this intimate little meeting. Um, with the students and faculty. And then later that night, she was going to be going to like the arena, right? The UMass level arena, which is huge. They have like concerts there and shows there. And she was doing a big thing to the public later on. So I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, and that's the thing that I was going to get a ticket for. Uh, but this event now was, in, and Andre had said to me, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get you know, a ticket for the other thing. And I was like, that's fine. I'll just buy one and then I'll have it if I need it type of a thing. Okay, cool. So now I'm in the room. Uh, Andre's family is all there. We're sitting there waiting. And all of a sudden, Andre again comes back out from the green room and he says, Debuse family, Debuse family. And he waves his hand. Now, <laughs> this family has been incredibly kind to me. I love them. I think they love me. But I am not, I am not arrogant enough to be like, oh, that means me, right? Or just make an assumption. Let me put it that way. I'm not going to make an assumption that he also means me. I am not, you know, my last name is not Debuse. So I just sit there and everybody else gets up. His mom and Mary and the siblings, like everybody like moves. And I'm just kind of sitting there. And, um, you know, he's like hugging everybody, kissing, pushing him back through the things. And then he looks back and he sees me sitting there and he says, KK, let's go. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I was so excited because I'm like, this is the moment. Like, this is it. Like, I've been thinking about this day. I don't even know how many years, like since I was 17. So I'm like, this is it. I'm like 33 years later or whatever it is, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna finally, I'm gonna meet Oprah. Like, this is incredible. So I, uh, we go back through the doors. I can hear her before I can see her. She was like in her green room, whatever. And I've been around, like I lived in LA. I lived in California. I dated a famous person. I've been around famous people. I don't get too, I don't get too weirded out by that stuff at all. I don't like freak out in that way. I don't freak out like, oh my God. Uh, but I'll, I'll talk more about that in a minute, but I can hear her. And then all of a sudden, she steps out into the hallway where we all are, this little like area. It was like a little box. Think of it like, a, yeah, like a little square kind of room with all the doors going off the room. And she steps out and she's like, hello. And I'm like, in my head, I just go, holy shit, it's Oprah. <laughs> now, now this person who I've been looking at through the TV is now right in front of me, like 3D, 5D, whatever, like right there. And there is a presence. That's the one thing. That is the one thing I will say about Oprah. There is a presence about her. When her spirit and soul fills the room, enters the room, like you feel it. Now, there's a line in A Course in Miracles that says, basically, I'm paraphrasing, but it basically says, like, reserve your awe for God. So, like I said, I don't get to like, you know, I might get excited because it's like, oh, dream come true. I get to meet this person. But it's not this thing where I'm like, 
you know, Oprah up on a pedestal. She's so much better than me. She might be more accomplished than me, have more money than me or whatever. But in the eyes of God, we are, we are the same, right? So, you know, I always say we are, or of course, miracles would say we are all special and none of us are special. You know what I mean? So I just, I'm like, wow, it's Oprah. That's really cool. Right. And so, um, you know, I realized, well, this is an opportunity. Nobody like yet was like taking pictures. So I say to Andre, Andre, do you want me to take a picture of the two of you? And he's like, yes, would you? So I snap pictures of him and then I'm like, Mary. And then Mary comes in. I snap. So I sat taking pictures for everybody else. And then when it's time for me to take a picture, Andre's like, do you want me to take one? And I was like, yes. And so Andre takes that moment to introduce the two of us. Now, Marianne Williamson, my, my dear old friend and my spiritual godmother, who I used to live and work with in Montecito. Uh, and here's, here's the, like the, the full circle moment, okay? So when I lived and worked with Marianne, um, she lived in Montecito, California, which basically just call it Santa Barbara, okay? But Oprah also lived in Santa Barbara at that time. So I lived out there at the peak, like at the, at the beginning of where it was really starting to take off, which is self-help, like all the self-help. So it was like Marianne and Deepak Chopra and Oprah and, you know, all these people. So like we're in the area, right? So I used to answer the phone. If somebody would call for Marianne, I would answer the phone. And often like Oprah's people would ever be like, Oprah's on the line. And I'd be like, okay. And so even back then it would be like, there was a connection back then, even though I didn't get to meet her in person back then, I'd been like taking her calls for like, you know, so it was really funny. So when Andre introduces us, he says really kind things like he always does. This is Karen. She's, she's a writer. She's writing an incredible story. Um, and this, you know, and she's also good friends with Marianne Williamson. And Oprah's like, oh, and then we have a conversation, right? We have our own private moment. I mean, we're in a room of other people, but we have a moment where she and I are just talking privately. And I would say that part's not for public consumption. That's her and I, which I hold to myself. Um, and then, um, and then we take this picture and it's a great picture where we have our arms wrapped around each other. It's a genuine hug. It was just like, so lovely. You guys, it was so amazing. And one of the things, and this is where I'm going to, I'm going to read a little bit of what I wrote because it was really, um, really important. Um, that part of how I was responding and, um, because I thought it was great. Okay. Let's see if I can find it. Just bear with me. Okay. I don't know. All right, whatever. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just do it from, from my memory. So it was really incredible. And I just remember having this moment of, I say it was like a total shift happened inside of me. So there's something about kids like me, right? I know an adult, but when I say kids like me who grew up, where we didn't have, always have what we needed. We didn't have a lot. There was a lot of trauma. There was a lot of whatever. Look, and that's a lot of us, right? I'm not saying I'm special in this way. But getting to see in that moment, it wasn't, it was like, oh my God, I'm meeting Oprah. And then another part of my mind, the part of my mind that is not, I would say that is not insane. The part of my mind that is connected to source uh, and God and love and Holy Spirit, the whole thing, right? The thing that is, I would say, there's a part of my mind that is always in communion with God. That part of my mind was kind of like, of course you're meeting Oprah. Like one part of me was like, wow, right? And the other part of me is like, of course you're meeting Oprah. Because if it's supposed to be, it'll be. If it's supposed to be destined, it'll be destined. If you've been thinking about this and dreaming of this and whatever, like, and if, you know, it's like you have been pouring into this vision 
for a really long time. Not obsessively PS, by the way, but just holding it in my hat. Like some part of me was always like, I want to meet her. I'm going to meet her. Right. And it was like someday I'm going to be on her couch someday, or I'm going to be in the chair talking to her. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I just always trusted if it was supposed to happen, it would happen. And it was a very powerful uh, and very incredible thing. Um, so I just want to say, don't give up on your dreams because <laughs> we just don't even know. We don't even know. And in fact, at one point when she was talking, Oprah said this, I thought it was so great. She said, God dreams a bigger dream for you than you could possibly dream for yourself. God dreams a bigger dream for you than you could possibly dream for yourself. And I just thought that was so powerful and so beautiful. So you guys, so we all, we all get to meet her. It's amazing. We go back out. And then it's basically a conversation that she's having where her and Andre talk a little bit, and then they open up the floor to Q and A's uh, from, from the students. And I want to share, this is, it's like a two minute, three minute clip. And I want you to just listen. And I'm going to pray and cross my fingers at this sucker that you guys can hear it clearly because I'm doing it off of my phone. I'm just going to hold it right up to the mic, but somebody had asked the question. I'm just going to give you context. A girl stood up and asked the question about how, um, when a friend of hers or somebody else does well, she gets competitive or she gets jealous or comparing, right? She's comparing herself to what they're doing, what other people are doing in the world. And hello, it's social media in college, kids, whatever. How could you not, right? This is the deal nowadays. And this is Oprah's answer. And it's a very powerful answer. And basically I'm titling it, uh, run your own race. And I'm going to cross my fingers that you guys can hear this as well. Okay. And any energy that you give to anybody else takes energy away from your race. Even if you're anybody to run, even you run and you look back to see where the other person is, that, that just took energy that you could have used to push yourself forward. So um, from the beginning, like, I mean, really beginning, like kindergarten, I run my own race mm -hmm. and never really thought about what the other people were doing because I sort of innately understood that there was nobody else like me and there's nobody else like you. And so once you get that, you, you really understand that the power that is you cannot be matched by any body in the way that you can do a thing. Other people may be able to do it, but nobody can do it like you because you bring to any experience every story that's ever been created by you. So everything you've ever done up until this moment prepares you for whatever you're doing in any given moment. And when you know that, you understand that your power doesn't just come from you singularly, it comes from the power of your entire story. There's a wonderful uh, phrase that Maya Angelou mm. used to say to me, and it's in one of her poems called um, To Our Grandmothers, where she says, I come as one, but I stand as 10,000. Oh, mm. So anytime I'm in any situation, I've been in lots of situations since um, a young child where I was the only person of color in the room, many times where I'm the only woman in a room, the only you know woman from miles around boardrooms. Mm. And I always step into the space, recognizing that I come as one, but I stand as 10,000 because my story has been coming for a very long time. It's mm. not just me. Mm -hmm. I have a history of me, the 
legacy of everybody who made me possible, the path that was created for me by my ancestors, by the people who sacrificed and dreamed and believed that there could be someone like me one day, but didn't even know what that package would look mm -hmm. like. So when I step into a space, I step into a space as myself, but not alone. I come as one. Beautiful. Who's glad what she asked that question? So you guys crossing my fingers that you could hear that sucker, but that is some powerful stuff. So that was kind of like what that whole session was. And I have a bunch of snippets from that conversation. I just kept recording because I was like, this is gold. This is like gold. And if I ever need to hear these myself, I'm going to play these back to myself. And I do occasionally. And then I sometimes share them with people who um, I think would, would love to hear it or benefit from it. And as the night went on, it was just getting more and more remarkable. Um, and Andre said, all right, we're going to come back now. Like, so after that event, everybody goes to move over to the big arena. And when we got over there, um, I didn't know if I'd be sitting with them. I had my own ticket, but he also, he surprised me again. And he says, we're going to have you come sit with us. We have a seat for you. Like we're all set. And I was like, cool. So before we all went down onto the floor for the event, um, I was asking him, I said, are you nervous like to, to talk to her on the big stage or whatever? And he said, no, I thought this was such a class act. Another reason why I love my beautiful friend, I call him AD3. Um, and I was like, uh, I said, are you nervous? And he said, no, because I'm not interviewing her. And I was like, what do you mean? I thought this was the thing. And he said, no, he said, this is the first time our university has ever had a woman chancellor. And I want her to have the opportunity to uh, interview her. And I was just like, oh my God, such a class act. It was so amazing. Um, so we all went back and we were like waiting. It was a special VIP area thing. Um, and I just like kind of walked down the hall and walked into this side room. And there was only a couple of people in there and Oprah was standing in there. Uh, and they said, who are you? Like, who are you with? And I said, oh, I'm with Andre Debuse III. And they said, oh, and they gave me my little, was my little name tag thing. And they said, do you want to take your picture with Oprah? And I'm laughing because at this point we had already taken a picture together. And so as I come over to her, I'm like, sure, it'll be fun, right? And that's, that's this picture here that you, that you see, right? This one. Uh, and, and, and I was like, yeah. And then it was like, we saw each other. We're like, we meet again. And like, we, it was really funny. We were like, you know, laughing and joking around. It was just stupendous. And then the rest of the night goes on and it continues to just be more and more amazing. And one of the things that I found fascinating is that when they were interviewing Oprah on stage, I just kept looking over. So we're all sitting in a long line, right? And I keep looking down and over at my friend Andre because I'm looking at this friggin' arena that is filled with thousands of people. And I keep looking at him and saying, this is because of you. I'm melting to him. This is because of you. You did this. You got her here. And that's the incredible story. Andre had been writing to her and writing to her and trying to get her to come. And she tells this really funny story. She's like, she's like, look, I don't do anything I don't want to do. And then this was a very powerful thing. I want to listen up to this part. She's like, I don't let anybody guilt me into doing things. I don't do what, whatever anybody else wants me to do. I do it if I feel called to do it, if it's mine to do. And she's like, and Andre kept writing to me and writing to me and come, like, will you come and will you speak and whatever? And she's like, I don't know. Why, why do I want to, do I want to fire up the jet to go to Lowell, Massachusetts? We were like laughing so hard. And she said, but then he writes me a letter that says, He's raising money. They're raising money for kids. And this is uh, for kids. And basically what she says, goes on to say, is like kids like me. And I'm, I'm pointing at me too. Kids like me. Kids who are first generation college goers. 
first one in the family to go to school. Kids who are like blue collar kids, tough, you know, tough upbringing. Like it's a godsend that they even want to go to school, that they're in school. And she said, now that letter, when I thought about what that could do, that we were going to be raising money for kids, she's like, now I'm in and we get on the jet. And it was really funny. So basically she goes on to tell the story about how Andre writes. And she goes, let me say something about Andre. She's like, he writes really good letter. We were all laughing. Uh, and she's like, so he wrote these incredible, charming like letters. And I'm like, oh, okay. She's like, so here I go. And I get here. She goes on to say about how in the Smithsonian Institute, um, she is, has her collection of different stuff. She has like a diary of hers from when she was a little girl, when she was like 15, she's talking about all these different items that have been put in the Smithsonian. She goes, and one of the other items that are in there, and none of us knew this, including Andre, right? She drops this bomb right on us. She says, is a letter, a thank you note that Andre wrote to me. And we all like whip around and look at him like, dude, did you know this? And he didn't know it. And like, I'm tearing up and everybody's like emotional. It was like this incredible moment. She's like, Andre writes such good, incredible, um, you know, just honest, hat rendering, like hot, hot warming letters. And she said, you know, out of all the, uh, this, I found shocking. Here's another, I, I said, I wasn't going to point these out, but I, I do have to point to this one. And this is like learning lesson 101. She said, um, you know, all the years over the years, she had done a ton of, um, you know, uh, Oprah book club picks. And she said, Andre was one of the few authors who actually personally wrote to her and thanked her. And it was such an incredible letter that she kept it. And it was went into her Smithsonian collection. And I just thought, oh my God, what an incredible thing. And it was like note to self. Now I've also always been a a handwriting, personal handwritten note person. I've always known the impact of it. I love receiving personal handwritten notes. I'd much rather get that than a fucking text message or an email. But I understand for, you know, the snail mail, I get it, but I love getting snail mail. So I just thought that was such a powerful thing. And then at the end of the night, okay, at the end of the night, um, I'm sitting there and I'm watching the, I'm just watching this whole thing unfold. And I'm thinking to myself, Andre, uh, you know, you know, Oprah was talking about how when she was a little girl, because of the color of her skin, she was not even allowed in people's houses, basically, unless she was like there to do like cleaning or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, if this young girl who came from these beginnings can be where she is and be who she is, then there's hope for me, too. Right. I just think about this because the thing about Oprah is I always say she's not special, quote unquote, special, but what she is. She is what she is the embodiment of the potential that we all have within us. And it's the same thing with Andre. I look at Andre and how he was brought up. And when you read Townie, you will understand what I'm talking about, where he came from. And now the incredible, generous, loving, charismatic human being that he is. And I just think like, yes, these are my people. These are the creatives and the artists and the, the big hearted people and the people who want to change and make impact and leave the world better, leave the people, the animal, the places, whatever, better than how they found it. You know how I always say? So it was so inspiring to me. And I just walked away and I said, okay, now I'm in the, before it was through a TV screen. Now I'm in the room with her. Now I've hugged her. Next step, 
super soul Sunday, right? Like next step on the couch. And this is just like, I'm just holding on to the vision. And here's the thing. I don't have to worry about it because if it's meant to be, it'll be meant to be. But the culmination of this thing at the end of the night is that Andre is now, um, they're doing this, this whole thing about how much money they've raised. Okay. And they go on to say, this event tonight has raised like $1.5 million uh, for kids who, for scholarships, whatever. Here are some of the kids who are going to be the recipients of these, you know, things. And they bring the kids out on stage. Uh, and there's like, you know, kids who are like tall, short, you know, like black, white, like just such a variety. There's like four or five of them or something, right? They all come out on stage and everybody's clapping and going crazy because 1.5 million, are you kidding? And then you get to be a part of it because your ticket purchase has now like, you know, has been a part of this, this fundraising. So it feels really good. The crowd's going wild. And then they give Oprah an honorary degree thing. They put the thing on her shoulders, you know, and then they say, do you want to say anything to her? Um, you know, your being here is making this possible. And she grabs the mic. I still get emotional. Oh, I get goosebumps. I get emotional every time she grabs the mic and she says, um, this is so amazing. Thank you, everybody. Basically, right? Like $1.5 million. Wow. And she says right into the mic, I would like to match that Ooh. <laughs> and give another 1.5 million. And I'm just like, holy shit. First of all, there's a part of me that is like, I can't wait until I'm that wealthy so that I can give so generously till so that because when good people have good money, they do good things, right? I really believe this. And I look over at Andre again, my, my beautiful friend, and I say, you did this, like you made this possible. And I'm like, just like crying. And it's just like this incredible moment. And I'm so happy for those awkward kids, like up on stage, like in the background of Oprah, like holding these little things, like, holy shit. And every part of me was just like, so lit up and so joyous. And I was just like, this is what it's about. This is what it's about. That went, you know, uh, of my, what's the saying? I don't even know the saying, I'm going to butcher it, but it's something like, of who much is given, like much is expected. And Oprah just lives up to that. And here's the other thing too. She does not apologize at all for who she is. She does not apologize for her wealth. In fact, she was telling this incredible story about how one of the things she used to say is, um, I think she grew up in a place where she said there were like no trees in the yard or something like that. And she was like, someday... I'm going to own property. I'm going to have a place where I have so many trees. And she told this really funny story about she, how she hired somebody to go out onto her property and count how many trees she actually has now. And the number was like insane. It was like, I don't know, 636 or 1,800. I don't even know what it was. And we were all just hooting and hollering and cheering because she has this little girl who dreamed a dream, has this many trees now. And it was just so unbelievable, you guys. I can't even tell you. But here's the other interesting thing of this. So all in all, incredible night, brought my dream to the next level, brought my thinking, my mind, my capacity for believing in what's possible to the next level, uh, just swung open so many doors. In a way, it was so healing. And I'm telling you, as Oprah wrapped her arms around me, I said to myself, I could feel my mother's hug. I could feel my mother's love in that hug. I have no doubt that my mother played a part in making it happen. And that's the piece that I wanna, that I wanna kind of end with is that the reaction to people, when I did that little post, um, you know, remember how I said the night I met her, I just posted a picture on Facebook 
And I just said more, you know, more to come on this. And some people were like, you're being a tease, you know? And I was like, no, 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 no. Because some things just, I need time to process, right? I wanted to process the experience before I talked about it. And so, um, but in the comments, when I finally, when I posted the picture, there was like uh, something ridiculous. I don't know, it was like 150 comments, whatever, a lot of comments. There was overall like 280 comments, but I was responding to a lot of them. So um, you had the people who were just wicked happy for me. Oh my God, this is amazing, KK. Of course you're meeting Oprah. A couple of my old dear friends who said things like, um, you know, she must be psyched to be meeting you. Like, how, how sweet is that? <laughs> They're like, no, Oprah's, I wonder if Oprah's telling people that she's psyched to be meeting you, right? It was so funny. And then they were like, um, there were the people who were um, saying like, happy for you, but jealous, jelly, envious. And then there were the people who said, how'd you make this happen? How'd that happen? Who, who, who'd you score though? Like, how did, how did you make this happen? And you can tell so much. I call it sympathetic joy, right? I believe that there's really only one of us here, ultimately, right? This is what A Course in Miracles tells us. This is what yoga tells us. This is what all the spiritual traditions tell us, that there is only one, right? There's only one. There is perfect oneness that this idea of separation embodies and whatever is an illusion. And I know we all think we're special and individual, but really energetically, there is just the one. So I believe that when anybody else gets pulled up, anybody else succeeds, anybody else does well, they take the rest of us with them. So we don't have to be jealous. We don't have to compete and compare. We don't have to worry about what somebody else is doing. We keep our heads down on our own paper and we do our own damn thing. <clears throat> just like Oprah was saying, you run your own race. But to the few people who kept saying, how'd you make this happen? How'd you make this happen? I was like, I didn't make it happen. I didn't force this. I didn't um, bribe anybody for it. I didn't ask for it. I didn't beg for it. I didn't uh, manipulate it. I didn't do it. What I did was I was being myself. What I did is I was pouring love into the world and I was holding on to a vision and I was holding on to a dream. And I trust that my spiritual team has got my back. I trust that my inner teacher knows where to go and knows where to send me and helps me what to say, what to do and where to go, what to say to whom. So there was no making it happen. I really believe it was who I was being that made it possible. And whatever that, take that however you want to take it, but whatever, whatever, whatever it was supposed to be, or it wouldn't have been. And I really, really do believe that. So I am just going to read, I'm going to, I am going to find this. This is what I said right here. It says, um, I said, I didn't make it happen. I didn't make it happen at all. In fact, I didn't force the thing. I didn't call anybody. I didn't try to manipulate it. I didn't ask for it. I didn't do it. I didn't do. I was just being. And so that's what's really interesting, right? Is that I said, I kind of trust that my spiritual team is doing their part and I'm going to do my part. So basically, and then I go, I launch into the story about like how it happened. Okay. So later on, I said to Andre, um, I said, Hey, when I thanked him later, this is what I wrote. When I thanked Andre later, I said, you have no idea how much this is all meant to me, but especially you guys taking me into the fold of your family. It was such an honor. And I started to cry because I was so grateful. 
I was just so grateful for the whole experience, for being there with him, for being there with Fontaine and his children and his mother-in-law and Suzanne and all these beautiful people, his brother-in-law, Chris, like everybody, his mom, his mom, Pat, just totally takes me into the fold. They take me in to have this incredible experience, a dream come true. Like my hat was just overflowing and so were my eyes. And he said to me, uh, he said something like, you are the, this is what he's saying back to me when I thank him. You are the walking embodiment of love and spirit and generosity. He said, you deserve this. You deserve this. You've earned this. You deserve, like he kept saying to me. And uh, it was such, it was such a gift to me the whole night, but then also those words back to me. And you guys, our words have power. The way that we speak to each other, the way that we see each other, the way that we reflect back to each other, right? What, what, who we are, what we are, what we're capable of. And so, you know, you can always Google too. You can always go back and watch the Facebook live of me talking about meeting Oprah too, because there's a little bit more different, maybe uh, details in that one. But you guys, you know, dream a dream, dream as if it's already happening. Dream a dream, dream a dream as if it's going to come true. Be grateful and thankful for what you have, for the people, the animals, look how cute she is. Look at her, Vinky. the people, the animals that you get to share your life with nature, get outside, all of it. Just look around, right? Be grateful for your resources, for your bank account, for the work you get to do, the creativity you get to do. Just be thankful and grateful for everything that you already have. And then it's okay to still dream a dream of wanting to experience more or different or bigger or whatever, but really take a good look around on this Thanksgiving week, this week of giving thanks, this week of gratitude. I think every week should be Thanksgiving week. I think every day is gratitude day. That's kind of how I live my life. But I'm telling you, it makes a difference. So take a look around at your life. And if there are people in your life who have made a difference, send them a handwritten note, call them up, however it is that you most like to communicate and let them know the difference that they've made in your life. Let them know because that makes a difference too, reflecting it back to them. And our job, you guys, is just to get better at giving and receiving love. And this is what we do for each other. So I got to receive a lot of love that night. And I also tried to give it back. Uh, and I hope someday if you have a dream like that, and like I said, I'm holding out, you guys, I'm telling you, Super Soul Sundays in the future. <laughs> I'm not giving up on that dream or whatever it's going to look like. I don't know, because remember, God dreams a bigger dream for you than you can dream for yourself. Okay, I'm going to end right there. Wherever you go, leave the people, the place, the animals, the environment, and yourself. Leave yourself better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. guys thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the karen kenny show <laughs> i super duper appreciate your time friendship and support and look if something that i shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours i'd love to hear about it so please tag me on facebook or instagram or ig stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. 
And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.